Hi there, welcome along to the High Performance Podcast. As always, a big shout out to all the people from around the world who tune into us every single week so that we can be your armor, we can be your guide, we can stand alongside you in a world that so often feels confusing, feels divisive and feels difficult. And look, if you haven't listened to High Performance before, let me explain very quickly what this podcast is about. It isn't about high achievement. It isn't about doing huge, incredible, wonderful things. It's just about learning from people so that the life they've lived can become lessons for you and you can realize that actually the ability to withstand the difficult times, to build your resilience, to know that all things pass despite them sometimes feeling really hard, that is true high performance. High performance is dealing with the tough stuff. It's not waiting for the great stuff. So today we welcome a really awesome entrepreneur to the High Performance Podcast. Here's what's in store. I've never got in this for the money. I never started this to go, I want it to be worth a lot of money. I did it because it was just a huge passion. But I, it really led me to be more vulnerable and go, okay, cool. i gotta, I got to almost confront the brutal facts that we're not doing a good job here. I think, you know, what I've learned is that you used to go to these events and it'd be like, have three businesses and do all this. And they're the people that have made it. They've been doing it for 20, 30 years or they've made it. And then they've either sold their businesses and they're like, okay, I've got some time now. I want to do that. But if you're focusing on one th- and trying to build yourself up to create something, don't try and put yourself in too many places. You know, you don't see a professional athlete trying to be three different sports. You, they're, they're the best at one sport. And I think that's the thing with a, an entrepreneur is you think you've got to be doing a bunch of different things. If you focus on one thing, you, you can be the best at that thing. You know, I think family and business is really hard. It's a really touchy subject for anyone that has family and business. And it wasn't like it was um, an overnight thing. It'd gone on for a while. It's hard to say you're proud of it because you're not because it was your family. But I also think we wouldn't be in this position, if I'm honest, if we didn't. Man, this is such a cool episode. So this is a conversation with Jason Daniel. Jason is an Aussie. He created a brand called LSKD and the brand is exploding across Australia. And he's about to share with us the story of how he did it, the setbacks, the difficult times, the challenges, the successes. And that's really why we've created this podcast, because we know that opinion is valueless. Like your opinion doesn't matter. It's about empathy. It's about understanding that just because someone's life looks sorted and great and successful and brilliant, there's so much going on beneath the surface that you need to know before you can really understand them. And I can't thank Jason enough for flying over to the UK, for sitting down with us and discussing his journey, including the tough stuff, that's taken him to the point where his business and his brand is doing so well. I know we have loads of Aussie listeners. Uh, A big thank you and a big shout out to all of you. Um, You probably know Jason already, but for everyone else across the world, I love it when we introduce new people to you who've got an incredible story to tell. So enjoy the founder and creator of LSKD, Jason Daniel, on the High Performance Podcast. 
Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Jason, welcome to High Performance. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What is your definition of high performance? My story, it, it goes back like 20 years, to be honest. And, um, you know, the brand started out in 2002 when I was in high school as a high school nickname, uh, Loose Kid. So I got termed Loose Kid growing up riding BMX. And uh, they kind of thought I was a little bit loose on a bike. I used to ride with a bunch of guys who are a lot older than me. They're about 18. And, you know, they end up becoming pro athletes as well, which kind of probably played a big part of my journey um, growing up. But when it got founded in 2002, it, it was just, you know, it was just a word we used. And uh, I was at school, finished school, became a carpenter and raced motocross and had a huge passion to become a professional motocross athlete. And then in 2007 was when I actually decided, okay, I want this to be my career. And then we changed the brand to LKI. And from 2007 to 2010, I was still working as a full-time carpenter. So, you know, before work, after work, in my lunch break, I was getting up, working on the brand. And when I mean working on the brand, I had no idea what I was doing. So I had to figure out even where to get a t-shirt from and find a supplier. And we were predominantly a wholesale business because there was no social media back then. So from there and and was working from my mum's bedroom and we had containers there. And, you know, in 2010, we moved out of there and pretty much started another apprenticeship and went full-time on LKI. And then in 2010 to around 2017, we were just grinding it out. I mean, still today, but we made everything for everyone and I was just pushing every day and then really went through this period of we stopped growing. I was doing too many products. And when I mean that, it was making life jackets, motocross gloves, socks, some sportswear, some streetwear. And I was in so many different categories, spreading myself so thin. I was making you know so many mistakes and it was really like, what am I doing? But when I look at what high performance means to me, it's the consistency and constantly being consistent because this brand didn't grow overnight. It's been a journey for 15 plus years really going at it. One of our values is 1% better every day. It's like, you're not going to have good days. There's always going to be those shitty days, but they're the days you get up and you just keep going because they're the days that matter the most. So when I, when I look back on my journey and I'm very thankful for it, I think, well, high performance isn't, you're not always going to be at your best. But it's those days when you do feel like shit and you get up and you just keep going and you keep learning and you keep developing yourself. That's probably what I th- believe is high performance to us and, and myself. So, yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, there's so much to pick out there, isn't there? I mean, what an incredible story to start with. Um, before we go a bit deeper into the things that you spoke about there, I want you to share the one thing you would love them to hear from you at the very start of this podcast. One thing I'm very passionate about is our mission and values. And I think, you know, when we were in the journey of the early days, around 2017, I was really trying to find my why. 
you know, I, I, I was mentioning before, I went to a course called Landmark Forum in 2015. And then from there, I ended up joining a Toastmasters club because I struggled to public speak. I couldn't even talk in front of five people. And I did that for a couple of years to really learn and gain confidence in how to speak and impromptu speaking. And as that kind of went on, I started listening to books. Um, you know, we were talking about it before, you know, the founder of Lululemon, you know, Nike founder and all the books on from there and, and really started to realize like, what, why do I go to work every day? And in 2018, September 2018 is when we changed to LSKD. And part of all these books we were listening to, I used to think I had to make every single decision within the brand. And it, it got to the point where I was like, well, hang on a minute. Why don't I ask our team? So at the time when we, we had LKI and we had LSKD and they were both on products, so I'll try to not make it sound too confusing, but we had LKI and LSKD on, on a t-shirt together, say. And when we had it on the product, I was like, oh my God, this is getting confusing to our community again. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, instead of me making the decision what to do, I'll ask our team, I'll ask our community and I'll ask our athletes, which, which one do you like? LKI or LSKD? And everyone kept saying LSKD. I'm like, you know what? This isn't my decision. We're doing this as a team and I believe in what they say. We're going to change to LSKD. And then we had a phrase called chase the vibe. And I thought, well, why do we go to work every, why do I go to work every day? Like, why do I get up and get at it every day? And, and we tried to create a mission statement and values four or five years before that. I had no clue what it even meant. So it took me a long time to understand. And I was like, well, if it's to inspire people to chase the vibe through sport, fitness and adventure, and then we create sportswear with a street aesthetic. And if we can be best in the world at sportswear and essentially create the best leggings in the world for our female community with our own raw materials and fabrics, is that something that could be quite special that I'd want to go to work to every day and our team would want to come to work every day instead of just let's go and create a big brand, you know? I think that is cool and we want to create something special, but to see that coming to life of the work we put in back then before it really grew was really special. So I think, I mean, that's a small part of it, but that's something I would want the listeners to, you know, to hear today is to how that was created in one part of the story. There's quite an interesting point you make there, Jason, around the fact that you'd already been running the business for a long time before you started to think about your why, that sense of purpose and the values. Yeah. And I'm interested if you could explain to us that a lot of people think you have to have that answer in place before you start the business and you've done it the other way around. Yeah. What was it that prompted you to do that reflection and what has it given you since you've done it? Because you've got a very definite before and after to compare it to. I think as a, I suppose you would say as an entrepreneur, founder, the reason the brand started wasn't because I was interested in, I'm not a designer. I'm not very good at that as in, I, I, you know, I've just a passion for creating community. You know, I was an aspiring professional athlete. I was trying to make it as a pro athlete, didn't, but you know, in motocross. And I think you, when you start something, you just start because you, you kind of love to do it, but you don't really know why. And I was in my early twenties, you know, when my wife fell pregnant in 2017, it really kind of woke me up as well. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm in the real world now. I really need to make sure that I'm providing for my family. And, you know, from, from the, the, the journey that I've had in, in such a short period of time and, and anyone that looks back at it, you go, oh, 10 years is a long time. 10 years is not that long. It's a really small stint. But when we created that it was it was from a sense of almost we were forced to we were predominantly wholesale and we were selling to some really big retailers in australia that had 60 plus retail doors and do you know they made a lot of their own brands and anyone that's been in wholesale knows that they'll sell their own product and then they'll trickle in a little bit of your brand and you work really hard to kind of 
build something, but then they sell their own products. So they started cutting our orders back and I'm like, okay, this is real. It's not only have I got a young child on the way, but they're cutting orders back and I'm like, what do I do here? So it was almost like I was, it was the worst thing in the world to see that happen, but it was almost the best thing ever that happened to us because it really made us think, okay, well, what are we here for? Like, I love what I do. It, I've never got in this for the money. I never started this to go, I want it to be worth a lot of money. I did it because it was just a huge passion, but I, it really led me to be more vulnerable and go, okay, cool. I got to, I got to almost confront the brutal facts that we're not doing a good job here. And then I started reaching out to mentors and met another founder. I actually met the founder of uh, Penny Skateboards who grew up in Logan and, and uh, took me about nine months to get a coffee with him. He didn't, you know, he had to hassle him a lot, you know, he didn't want to catch up with me, but that was a huge shift in, in my career because I got to learn about someone that's built a brand and a global brand. And I started reaching out to founders that had started brands and been very successful with them. And I've never been in it for long term. I've always been thinking it's about the journey and enjoying it. And it takes time as well. But when you start to see it grow, I was always under the impression is how do you build something that's global and manage it? But then I realized if you set the mission and, and the why first and every decision goes back to that and you hire and get the right people on the bus as Jim Collins would say, then you can create something quite special because they can be making decisions as a team based on the why first, not based on what just Jason wants. Let's let's break it down so it's really yeah. clear for the people listening to this, right? So you've set up your business, you've been going for over 10 years, and in your own words, it's not really happening, right? You haven't popped, you haven't been a great success, this desire to sell around the world isn't happening. Yep. So you have to look at that. Be really honest with us, in what areas were you failing at that time? We got to about $3 million a year and we were stuck on that for, I think, about four years. And because we were so involved in action sports and motocross and obviously loved that sport, but we were very segmented into that where we, we got retailers didn't want to stock action sports brand at the time. But I think just trying to be too many things, when you're trying to make a life jacket and you're trying to make a motocross glove and you're trying to make sportswear, you're honing in on so many different communities, that community would still wear your product. And what caused that to happen? <laughs> I think just I thought it was the right thing to do. I'm like, oh, there's a really cool market here. We wake surf and and I mountain bike and yeah. I ride bikes and I do sportswear. Why don't I just do it all? And and it really kind of come down to when you're trying to develop that many products and you're a really small, you know, it's still it's still, it's still a sizable business, but it was still very small. It takes a lot of resources to do that. So everyone is stretched in resources and essentially we weren't making money. And it was until I met our CFO uh, in 2018 who started a day a week in uh, August 2018 and actually a government grant helped me pay for half of him a day a week. It taught me to learn actually the financial side of the business too because I really didn't understand the financial side. Yeah. It was just about go So are hard. you in debt at this point? We went through some periods where say 2018, it's when you're selling as a wholesale business, you're waiting to be paid. And there was times where we weren't, we weren't in debt. Um, we were self-funded, but we owed money to our suppliers. And there was times where I remember being on a holiday, you know, a holiday with my wife and kids and thinking, you know, I owed a supplier. I think it was, I swear, I think it was around a hundred thousand dollars. And I, and I remember talking to that supplier and we still use that supplier today. And I remember talking, I was 90 days overdue and I, and I, and I called them and I just said to them, look, I'm going to pay you. Cause I knew having a CFO, they're like, you're going to pay the bills. You're just waiting to be paid. And I just thought to myself, fuck, I don't want to keep doing this. Like, this is not fun. I don't want to be the brand that's like this anymore. Like, how am I going to change this? Like, how are we going to change this to be able to grow something bigger than ourselves and not have to constantly be chasing our tail just to pay bills. All these things just built up inside to go, I've got to find a better way. 
And it was when I started slowing down instead of speeding up essentially and going, I've got to learn. I've got to actually be more vulnerable and learn and know that I don't know everything is when it slowly started to shift. And then, and then at the time I was like, well, to put that into context of what product that became, you know, we already made a women's legging or tight and, and it was selling quite well. And I thought, well, why can't we be a fitness brand? You know, and, but there is a lot of fitness brands out there and I was inspired by so many, but where do we fit? So that's when I came up with, well, I love, we love streetwear and we love sportswear. Why don't we come up with, you know, a sportswear brand with a street aesthetic and create something we're passionate about as a team. And then within that, we loved women, you know, we created a women's legging and instead of just creating another women's legging, let's create one from the ground up, go to fitness communities and learn from them. And that's when we started to realize that learning from our community, instead of just our retailers and what they wanted, we could create a product for, you know, essentially I say our customer, mm -hmm. but our community. So we spent about 18 months developing this one legging called the Reptite. And it's our bestseller today. And we developed this one legging. We launched it in July, 2019. We took our time. We developed our own fabric. We got feedback every time. And when we launched that, we just said, let's launch it for the community. We won't sell it at wholesale. We'll just launch it. And it sold out in, in a month. It sold out. And then, and, and it was crazy because we sold it. We sold out. It was like our first order. I think it was around 2000 units, which was crazy because we wouldn't order that many units back then. But I was like, no, I think this is going to work. And then we learned e-commerce and we were obsessed with trying to understand how e-commerce works. So we're studying that, you know, learn digital marketing, learn all these little like facets of how to, you know, do, you know, media buying. And then, you know, because obviously social media ads played a big part and then localizing with the community and thought, well, our community is, is functional fitness, which is any, you know, is with functional fitness studios, gyms, anywhere where there's a trainer and a gym owner, they're uh, essentially our athlete. And I became a part of one. I joined a, you know, a functional fitness gym, a fit stop back in Australia. And I got that itch again to being a part of something again and thought, well, that's where our community's at. When we launched it, it sold the first month and then we, you know, got a reorder and it sold again. And the word of mouth started growing because of this one product. And, and it was because we solely focused on one thing. We didn't get distracted on being everywhere. So what I'd be fascinated if you'd share with us, Jace, is just some of the lessons that maybe young entrepreneurs could learn from you from this counterintuitive approach. So if you're a young entrepreneur and you're saying, I need to have seed money, I need the startup money to be able to do it, that's mm -hmm. often a barrier to entry for people wanting to start a business. What's your advice on that topic? You've got to have that drive to build something and not obviously rely on seed money to begin with if you're going to do it. And it's hard. I mean, we, we use, I mean, look, and if I'm honest, we use my mum's credit card to begin with. Right. Uh, and I paid it down, you know, and without her, she was a massive help in the early days, uh, massive help. And I think, you know, what I've learned is that you used to go to these events and it'd be like, have three businesses and do all this. And they're the people that have made it. They've been doing it for 20, 30 years or they've made it and then they've either sold their businesses and they're like, okay, I've got some time now. I want to do that. But if you're focusing on one and trying to build yourself up to create something, don't try and put yourself in too many places. You know, you don't see a professional athlete trying to be three different sports. You, they're, they're the best at one sport. And I think that's the thing with a, an entrepreneur is you think you've got to be doing a bunch of different things. If you focus on one thing, you can be the best at that thing. You know, if you want that thing to be successful, you need to slow down and, and, sl and speed up, but speed up on that one thing. Yep. Not try to be spreading yourself too thin. Yeah, slow down, but speed up. That's yeah. a brilliant bit of advice, actually. What about people who are listening going, well, I don't know anything about fashion, but I want to work in the fashion business. I know nothing about media, but I want to set up a media business. Mm. How much did you know about this world? Nothing. 
I was a carpenter that built houses <laughs> and raced motocross. Uh, I mean, you got to learn and have a passion and think it's going to take time. I never got into it to think I was going to be big overnight. It was not that. And I think, you know, say my naive, but also naive, I think na being naive is a good thing because you don't worry about what the industry is. You do what you think, you know, what you believe in and you learn from that. Something that we haven't addressed that I think is almost present in everything you've just shared with us, which is about courage or bravery to actually take the leap so what advice would you give based on your experiences to anyone listening to this about that maybe wants to do it but's hesitant they can think of lots of reasons why not to do it my personality is quite i have that drive and you could say you know whether it's galvanizing um yeah we do a lot of a lot of books um when we've just finished a book called the six working genius so i get to learn a lot about myself because i ask that question a lot you know i, I ask that question why why have i done that like why did I just go out and you know built relationships with athletes suppliers you know retailers you know and you know the team and just and did that like why did I have that I don't and you know a few different things that I've learned over the years from different you know whether it's courses or people is everybody else is just as nervous I was very lucky to spend some time and learn from a billionaire recently and literally walked around one of our retail stores and I got to learn so much and realizing how humble he was and realizing that they have the same struggles. You go, well, we're all human. You know, we all can get quite nervous. You know, even say today, this is a huge opportunity for us. I was so excited to come on the podcast and, I, you know, I was like, oh, I can be really nervous or I could just be myself. Just don't worry about it. Be myself and, and enjoy the journey. You know, if I make a mistake, it doesn't matter. You've got to put yourself out there, but it's also one of those things you've, you know, you're going to make mistakes. It's okay. Like fail forward. It's, you know, the reason we're in this position is from failing forward essentially. Um, but I, I, I do ask myself that a lot and, you know, with my upbringing and childhood and, you know, my parents splitting up when I was younger and I was 13. And why did I get given this drive and passion to just keep going regardless of whatever happens? Because it has, you know, it has been quite a long journey essentially since being a teenager, but, you know, I'm just thankful to be in that position. But I also just look at it and go, well, you know, just get at it and go and learn. And, you know, every day is an opportunity to learn something new. But what lessons have you learned about how you can engineer that drive so there might be people that haven't come from a broken home like you did or people that mm. weren't pursuing a sporting career that ultimately ended in failure in that regard so without having to go through those experiences what have you learned that people could do and then play in their lives to get a similar drive to you i think there's a couple of things i think who you surround yourself with you know to keep that drive going i surround myself with a great group of people um and what does that mean a great group People that pick you up when you're down, people that, you know, to, to have that drive and constantly go, you know, and I'm not saying we have the best culture. I'm definitely not. We've always got something to learn, but I think with our mission and values and what we created and how we recruit as a team that we all motivate each other. And I feel like if I'm not perfect on a day and I'm not, I'm not feeling, you know, hundred percent, there's a teammate around me that, you know, will essentially pick me up. If I look at it in my own experiences in our workplace and, you know, and, you know, with one of our values, sweep the sheds and, you know, 1% better every day, there's always someone on and, and you know, we, we have a gym in the office where we train together, uh, you know, 1pm on a Tuesday and Thursday. You don't, you don't realise that going and training with the team, I don't make every session, but going and high-fiving after how much that picks you up and makes you feel great to want to be better. Wow, this is amazing around me happening right now. Wow. Like, do you know, and I think that, at one point in the journey, I was like, I was so hard on myself with wanting LKI to work that I was almost making it fail. 
And when I when we shifted to LSKD, I was like, man, I just want to have fun as well. I really want to have fun. Explain how gym. you were making it fail. So if somebody came up with an idea and I didn't like the idea, I would put it down or I would, I would say our culture wasn't that good and it was because of me because I thought I had to make every decision. I thought, you know, it, it, but when you start getting your team involved and asking their opinions and getting their decisions, when it goes back to one purpose or mission, that makes it very powerful where I was kind of forcing it. Right, so give us an example of that then of where maybe somebody's come up with an idea that the old you would have just dismissed it out of hand. But now that you've got this sense of purpose that you've gone, okay, let's put it through that filter and let's see what emerges. Our head of brand, Dylan, he was one of our first team members. He actually designed the Elskedi logo. And in the early days, you know, he, he was showing up to work a little later, you know, but he was actually stuck in traffic and you could see he was pissed off. And I would just rouse on him. What the fuck, you know, why are you late? You know, what are you doing? And when I started kind of understanding what I was doing, he left, he left for 18 months and, um, you know, I was an idiot and, uh, he left. And then, you know, I started to realize I was listening to his books and growing up and being like, why don't I just, and these courses, I was like, why don't I just ask if he's okay? <laughs> Are you all right, bro? Do you need any help? Like, is everything okay? And then I ended up calling him and saying, man, I would love you to come back. You're a legend. Like, do you want and he's like, I've learned a lot. And I'm like, dude, I've learned a lot too. I made a lot of mistakes. Do you want to come back? That example, I think, was probably one of the most prominent where I was just like, well, you know, really rousing and not actually just asking if he's okay and understanding from, you know, where their perspective is coming from. And I think that goes to in the office and in, in an environment where you're looking at a design, instead of go, oh, I don't like that. Instead of going, oh, where, where did you get the idea? Where did the inspiration come from? What, what, what are you thinking? And then you listen to them and go, wow, I never thought of it like that. I mean, as the brand gets bigger, it does get harder because there's a lot more people but I think that's the next challenge that I'm learning as well as a team is as it gets bigger, there's more team members and making sure that everyone still has well, their Well, that's design. what I was going to ask you because it's referred to as Dunbar's number, isn't it? That once you get above 150 employees, it's almost impossible to know everybody's details or like, yeah. how are you? And like, I think that comes down to like, you've got to be out there. Do you know, I always like to think like 40% of my time is working within the team. Um, you know, we don't have offices. It's, you know, there's meeting rooms. I work in the middle of the office, you know, on a desk, but I like to sit within diff, you know, whether it's in different departments or just walk around and talk, or when I'm going to the retail stores now to meet the teams and just walk around and talk to them. And cause that's when you get the best ideas, you know, you just in a quick conversation and you learn, and then you can go back and, you know, I like to think 40% of my time is spent just doing that because that's how you can learn quicker to help make better decisions on what everyone's struggling and then connect teammates with teammates and try and create the brand in a way that everyone feels a part of it because that's really important. So you've come into an industry you know nothing about. You've taken a big leap. You've made a million mistakes as we've talked about. <laughs> 10 years down the line, you're not making any serious money. You're having to ring up suppliers to try and pay the bills and then things change, right? So you have children and it forces you to find your why. Can you link those two for us? Why did having children change everything for you? What was the moment? It was interesting when I found out my wife was pregnant, I was so excited, but I was so nervous. You know, I, we didn't have a lot growing up. You know, my parents worked really hard. We had a plant nursery. I was working, you know, working in the nursery at a young age, helping at markets on a Sunday. So I think when it just happened, I was like, okay, well, I want to make sure I can, you know, be a great dad. And, and it wasn't the fact of just making lots of money to be able to do that. It was the fact of giving the brand some certainty that it was going to live on to give me a career. Mm. So what did you find? Like, if I was to say to you now, what was the why that you came up with in this period that oh, I, define everything? What was it? 
because I thought with the mission that we have, I love fitness, I love sports, I love adventure, I've grown up around it. If I go to, you know, to create something bigger than ourselves was to inspire people to chase the vibe, if I'm doing that, I get inspired by watching what other people are achieving and vice versa. So I thought if we create that, and this is for the business side, this is for the business, this is, you know, to, to create something. And then when I had, you know, I ran my first half marathon in 2019, got really excited to do events again after finishing racing motocross in 2010, I wanted to inspire my kids. You know, I was like, well, when I'm out, you know, when I did my first half marathon, my heart rate was wrong, like average 196, I went to 210, I put myself in the hurt locker. But I was like, well, I'm inspiring my sons at the finish line. You know, he's, he, he, I'm inspiring him, you know, and when he's, a, you know, when he gets older, he's going to see that, that I achieved that and, and, and I'm inspiring him. So when I'm in the hurt locker doing an event, you know, hopefully I'm inspiring my kids. So I think it all kind of tied together as one. And I was like, I want to be the same person at home as I am at the office, as I am in this interview, you know, in this podcast, as I, like, I just want to be the same person. I don't want to have to fake who I am and who I'm not. So if we can live to that mission and anyone that wants to come be a part of that mission within our team, we can create something quite but inspiring. How does, tell me how that then in, sort of informs your decision-making because encouraging people to chase the vibe, like it's quite ethereal, right? Yes. You know, what does it mean? How do you chase the vibe? Everyone's vibe is different. Yeah. Our vibe might not be theirs. You know, you can ask all those questions. Yeah. How did you then take those words mm -hmm. and help that to inform like the direction of the whole business? We class it into three, sport, fitness, and adventure. Because it it's, it's open to interpretation of how big, what is Chase the Vibe, which is exciting because it can be quite broad long-term if you want it to be. But we kind of broke it down into sport, fitness, and adventure, knowing that we as a team and myself grew up doing all these different things. But then we tied it back to sportswear. And it was when we we're making a decision, like, is it inspiring our community, you know, through sport, fitness and adventure? How do we inspire our community through storytelling? Through So every decision you ask yourself, does that inspire the yeah, people? Yeah, if we're, we're in an office, we're in a meeting and we're going to do something, we're, we're making a decision for a campaign. We're like, is it inspiring our community? Honestly, it has helped us make decisions every year and every season and every, whether it's through a drop that ties back to that whether it's a collection release, whether it's you're working with an athlete, whether you're going to an event, um, you know, it, 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 and we always lead with that first, you know. We were recently at an event in, in Miami, uh, Wadapalooza, and there's 50,000 there, and we weren't trying to talk about the product. We were, you know, we were, I was so lucky to have so many conversations. It was talking about the mission and values and where we came from in our story, and, and you know, and then it was all we have out. That in, that in itself is brilliant advice, I think, for people, because I think one of the mistakes I've made often over the years is I feel like, you know, if you've got something to sell, you have to literally say, this is what I'm selling and this is the price. And actually, people need to realise that that's not what you do. You talk about what you've got and why it's amazing for people and why it might change their lives and why it might inspire them. As soon as you start doing the hard sell, I think they switch off. Yeah. It's about inspiring them and then allow them to find the brand, find yeah. the product and decide for themselves whether it's inspiring rather than you telling them this is inspiring you. Yeah, 100%. And I, and I look back at like it didn't, it took time. You know, it did take time to figure what that meant. And, and I used to go on the road a lot and sell the brand and you had to do that a lot. I really got sick of doing it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. So tell us then how anyone listening to this can identify their own mission and you've spoke about the values as well. Give us some of the ideas on how you came to identify these with such clarity. To create what we created, um, it was a team of us, so yep. it wasn't just me. So I got a lot of advice, but you know, it wasn't like a corporate thing. We didn't, you know, we didn't go hire an agency to do it. But when I look at when I look back, I honestly, I, I looked at my upbringing. I looked at my childhood upbringing. I looked at I loved all those things. I was I did so many different sports growing up. But then I looked at a lot of our team and what they did growing up and they did similar things. When we created it, I really just looked at what we did and I said, well, why don't we create something that's a reflection of all of us? Not have to try something and create- Something real. Yeah, something real and authentic. You know, and I always thought if I ever had the opportunity to be on a podcast like this, you can't fake that. And then tell us about the values. So you reference some sweeping the shed. You're got one, this one, you're drinking uh, from one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for people that are listening to this, they obviously, this is on YouTube so they can watch it. Yeah, if yeah. they're listening, your t-shirt says 1% better every day and the water bottle you're drinking from says move fast and break shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there six, yeah? There's six. Let's so, run through them and right. tell us what they so do. So there's enjoy why. the journey. Why is that important? Enjoy the journey was something where we knew that the journey gets tough. You know, when you're going through changes, anything in any part of your life, you've got to remember to go back and enjoy the journey. So when we created that, we actually just finished listening to a book called Delivering Happiness, um, which was the founder of Zappos. And we were listening to that book uh, at, at the end of 2020. And I was like, wow, we've got a lot of work to do in community experience. We've, this was really cool. And, I, and then we heard how they create their values. And I was like, well, let's create our values by an anonymous form. We put in our Slack channel and uh, there was about 30 of the team and we asked them what their values are, what they think. And obviously we'd all been listening to different books and they filled it all out and then we started printing it out on the t onto just desks and we started just writing on it and, and going, do we like this? Do we think we can make a decision off this every day? And it took us Love about that. six months and we just kept scribbling it out and we just made it a bunch of fun, to be honest, you know, enjoy the journey, right? And we just kept, you know, working on it and refining it and refining it. And it was very impromptu because we didn't want it to be, have to make it today because it's going to take time. Yeah. So one of them was enjoy the journey. And that, and, that, and, that, and that was part of that. You've got to enjoy it. It is hard and it's not going to be easy. So how do you do that then? So how does that inform a decision that you're making when you sat around the table with your team? 
well, you got to have a laugh and you got to have fun, don't you? You know, quite right. You know, you got to, you got to, you know. I mean, if I'm honest, the office, ta- the office likes to take the piss out of me a little bit. If I'm honest, <laughs> they are. Uh, they've got a thing going called Jason Daniel Bingo at the moment. Um, <laughs> What's that? My vocabulary is not the best. You know, I, I wasn't uh, the sm- the brightest kid in school, so. I do like to, um, you know, it's pretty funny, but I do like to, in the heat of things, I do like to say things that are a little bit of uh, out of context, but... Uh, a uh, malapropism. Yeah. So the wrong word in the wrong context. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll hide under a hole and just, you know, yeah. joke about it. So, you know, I'll just... I'll just Put a and, rabbit out of a just, frying pan. Yeah. You <laughs> all know. of that, yeah. So, you know, they've written all these words that I say and, and Keith... Our COO has a list of you know phrases that I've said over the over the years, and and then they've all written it down, and then I'll be up in front of the team in a, a Tuesday meeting, or we're in a meeting, and they're all they're all kind of you know marking off words that I might say uh, or Mine. constantly say, yeah. and then one of them's going to get up and say bingo. So they haven't got bingo yet, but I've been away for a couple of weeks. So I mean that's some stuff we do because you know don't take yourself too seriously, I suppose. Can and- I just say like I really love the fact that your first value is about enjoying life. If you don't enjoy it. When it comes to end, what on earth was the point? We've forgotten yeah. to have the conversation about enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. And, and it's a really vital part of life because yeah. literally there's no point building anything, creating anything, having any form of success if it doesn't bring you happiness. And don't get me wrong, it's fuck, it's, it's hard at times, right? Like it's not easy, but that's a big part of it is, you know, because it is when you look, you know, in 10 years time, we're going to look back and go, man, those times were so fun. Like it was so hard. And I mean, and you read the story around Shoe Dog, such an inspiring book. And, you know, as he says in it, I'd go back and do it all over again. Yep. You know, it was it was the hardest thing in the world, but it was the funnest thing and he misses it, you know? And I think it makes you realize and have that self-awareness to be like, oh, don't, you know, don't just- miss rem- it. Yeah, don't miss this because it goes it goes in a heartbeat. Like, so that's number one. Yeah, what else? That's hard. And next one is create a community. There was a few mistakes we made during Black Friday 2020. You know, we did over 50,000 orders and it took us over six weeks to fulfill. We thought we were doing an okay job and we weren't. And when you think of what creator community means, it's not only with internally, but it's externally with our community. And I don't like calling our community customers. I, I don't like saying the word customer. I like saying it's our community. I think because, you know, you want to be a part of something. But whenever we're making a decision, it's like, remember, we've got to create a community here. So how is that helping us create a community? Um, whether it's online, offline, and knowing we're e-commerce, we have to work, you almost, you have to work twice as hard to create the community online. Your product, you've got to make sure you develop the best in the world product because you can't hide when you're shipping product individually because they can post it anywhere if it's not right. And then how do you engage that community? I mean, our Facebook community, LSKD community just on Facebook is over 60,000. So what have you done right to engage your community? One thing we've done recently, which is locally, but I think whatever you do locally expands, you know, does expand globally, um, is we have a gym at our office. We actually give that space to local gyms on a Saturday or Sunday so they can help them. They can give their members an experience, which helps them create, you know, retention for their members um, to come to our location. And, um, you know, we're not only creating a community with local gyms, like with the local members, the members of that gym, but they're also, they're creating their community by taking them somewhere. So you're giving value and expecting nothing. Yeah, yeah, we don't charge. They come and use our space. They can shop in our store after, you know, we have a coffee shop out the front. Of that, you know, of, of our of our location as well, and so it's the little things I think, and that's something that goes a long way over time and consistency. It also gives you a parachute because if you have built a brand and you're entirely reliant on other businesses carrying your brand, if you're piggybacking on wholesalers, if you're in other people's stores, if you're reliant on them to keep on ordering from you, 
then actually you're completely out of control of your business. Yeah. As soon as you've I've built a community, that. well, there you go. That's how you started thinking, great, I'll get into that store and they can sell 100,000 units and then I'll make some money. As soon as you build your community and you've got your people, no one can take that away from you. No. Well, yes, they can, you can. But other than that, you have a, an insurance package right there that you've got your community there with you on the journey. And I think that is invaluable. And I think as you get bigger and bigger, you've got to work twice as hard to stay focused on yeah. that. Don't get distracted, stay focused. And, you know, and I think, and I'm not saying that's going to, that's, you know, that is a challenge in itself, but you've got to work really hard to make sure you look after that. Number so three. the third one, the third one is sweep the sheds. You know, no one is bigger than the team. No one is too big to do the small things. And when I look at that value and, and from a, a level just in, in the office, you know, no one has a car park. You know, I don't have my own car park. If I'm, if I'm running a touch late, you know, I'm on the other side of the street on the grass, you know, like that's just how it is. You're first in your best dress, first in best dress to get a car park. It's that sweep the sheds mentality, Love you it. know, get in and help the team. It's the little things that make a big difference. And, you know, it was a perfect example where we were just at the event and we're all getting in there and helping, you know, there was 15 of us, uh, you know, and we're all, and, and we we're all like, Hey, go sweep the sheds. You know, like it was just, it, you know, you create it fun, but we're all there to help each other out. And, and, you know, if we need to, that's a really important one as you get bigger and bigger, because you can get too busy. It's easy to just not do it when you get busy because someone else will do it. But it's like, no, no, if you help the, a teammate do something or you put your hey, I'll give you a hand. Hey, I need, you need to do that? I'll give you a hand. No worries. Like it just creates that sense of being a part of something, but also you know that you can sweep the sheds and you're never too big to do the little things. There's a nice story that that reminds me of um, a guy called Alan Deutschman wrote a book called Change or Die. And he tells a story about uh, Ray Kroc, you know, yep, the founder yep. of McDonald's. Yep. And when he'd go and do visits, people would remember him going and picking up rubbish in the car park or he'd teach them how to clean the mop bucket properly. And this was when it, yeah, like, cool. McDonald's was massive, but that was the legacy that people remembered him for, not the brilliant strategic decisions he made with McDonald's. And what's funny is when you're doing all those things, you're learning too, because you're working with your team and learning on the ground, you know, just doing those little things that yep. most people would think, it, you know, they don't need to do that, but yeah, it's so important to do. And I think having that value keeps yourself accountable, right? Like you keep it with all these values. You're like, I have to make decisions based on this every day. So I need to do that, yeah. you know, because there is times you're just under the pump and you're thinking of 400 other things you've got to get done for the day. That's, you know, the joys of when you're really, you know, really, you know, when it's really growing. So, you know, you have to make sure you keep yourself accountable to that. Um, the next one, do you want the next one? Yeah. yeah number uh, so the next we'll one, on number four? Four. four, yeah. So there's a better way to do it. Find it. This one was created mainly basically as a team. We created it because as you get bigger, it's easier to just go in and invest in just doing it where it's like there's always a better way to do something. Just we got to find it, you know. So if we're coming up with a decision or we're working on something or a project, you know, no matter how big you get, you've got to be, you know, in, in, when you're a self-funded business, you don't have all the money in the world to go and spend on something, but you also want to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons based on the mission and values. So we kind of created this one based on you, you, there's always going to be a better way to do so. Give something. us an example, like what? Oh, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the marketing product team, and if I'm if I'm sitting in the marketing department, and I give an example there, we you know we might be working on a project that you know whether it's for say Black Friday or a campaign or a new fabric we're releasing or a new collection, and we might be thinking of something extravagant. But then there might be a better way to do it by using another, I suppose, another avenue of doing something because it relates back to our community, because we're trying to inspire our community, chase the vibe. We might think of something super extravagant, 
But then it's like, well, if we keep it simple because it's going to inspire our community and be more relatable, there's probably a better way to do it. <laughs> Let's find a way to do it to inspire the community, not so much doing because we think it's cool. Right, number five. Move fast, break shit. All right. This is the one on your water bottle. Explain <laughs> yeah. it. Well, it's not physically breaking shit. So um, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, so it's essentially the same thing, it, you know, which all ties into each other. And we wanted to create a bit of fun around it where it's like, if we need to get something done, let's just move fast. And if, you know, it's fail forward, dare to think differently, nothing's impossible. So, you know, move fast, break shit is essentially a, a, a value term to, you know, get shit done. You can create too many rules in place before achieving something or doing yeah. something. And I've had brands come to me and, and say, how do you do stuff so quick? You know, how are you getting so much content out? And I'm like, well, we go back to that value, move fast, well, break that- shit, and make sure it ties back to, to, to the mission too. Yeah. Because then, you know, and if we make a mistake, which we have, we'll learn from it and go, okay, like, and because it, it's not like we're going left to field too much. We're, you know, we're, we're still, there's still the one plus one equals three test and learn, but as also the, you know, think differently and push it, get it done. You know, in a day-to-day environment, when you're in the office and you're making decisions from marketing, you know, some stuff takes time, you know, developing product, we can spend 12 plus months on developing a product. It's a little harder in those contexts, right? Because you're developing a product and you're fitting fabrication. But when you're thinking of a decision you need to make on the day, because you're coming up with a new marketing idea for the community or you're, you know, you're talking to the in-community experience and we need to do something, you move fast. Just make a decision that's the best interest for the community. Sometimes, you know, not making a decision is worse than making a decision. Um, And the final one is on your t-shirt, I think. Yeah, 1% better every day. Um, so yeah, so and we, we literally just release a values collection, um, which is super cool. So we thought we'd share them with our community, and yeah, we put them on our website, and we try to share everything that we're doing as a brand to make our community feel a part of it. What's been the most popular one in your community? Well, they've all been quite popular, to be honest. But I, I would say a one percent better every day and move fast, break shit have been two of the most popular. Right. But I mean, one percent better every day, hundred percent. I mean, that has been the most relatable. It's probably one of my favorites, if I'm honest. It's what we do every day. And there's going to be days, as we said, you know, at the start of the start of the podcast, is where you're not feeling 100. percent You don't want to do it, but they're the days where one percent better matters the most in terms of you might learn one thing, you're still being one percent better. Um, you know, constantly learning and growing, um, I think, is the most important thing. And it comes back to what you said at the beginning of this conversation, which is about consistency. And I think that for people listening to this, I would just love to give them the message that consistency is key if you want to have an impact. I think that the world is littered with people whose application doesn't match their talents and their abilities. And there are some wonderfully talented, amazing, incredible people walking around who just didn't apply themselves. And I think if you don't try, then you'll never know. And that's the saddest thing of all. You have to just give it a go. Just give it a go. hundred percent. And I, and I look back, well, I think about it and I was like, well, how do, how does a, you know, kid from Logan, you know, we started, you know, a brand where we're based. How do we create something globally? You know, what, what, what you know, and, and you don't believe in yourself at some point. You're like, oh, we can't. But through that journey, I was like, imagine if we could create something global, you know, from Logan in Queensland. Like, imagine if we could do that. Like, why can't we? What's stopping us? We just have to believe in ourselves. And it's all about consistency and, and all about learning. And it's the same in retail. Now, you know, we have three stores and we're opening, uh, you know, one in Bondi Junction and one in Miranda in Sydney in, in the next few months. And and I'm learning retail. I'm learning and going into stores. And and that's the 1% better every day. Like, we know we're not perfect. We know we've made, we're making mistakes, but we're also creating a community in stores offline and also learning to get better every single day within it. And, and, 
you, you know, it's, it's consistency if you want to be the best in the world. So can I ask you a question about a difficult period in your, in, in your business career? Because I know lots of businesses talk about um, they want to create a family atmosphere and you had a family in your business originally you you, you described to us how you maxed out your mum's credit card and yeah, you yeah. had uh, you had siblings working for you yeah so i mean there's been a few i mean there was some tough periods i had to make and and um decisions i've had to make in the business that have been tough um do you know i've had to do you know i've actually had to make my mum and my brother redundant in the business um in 2018 and 2019 so the journey's definitely not been easy and if i look back on it and you what know, were they doing what was what roles did so my mum my mum was in accounts and played a big part in accounts and just day-to-day -day everything and my brother was in sales my youngest brother actually is uh, is a junior accountant, so he's um, with us at the brand, and he's an absolute legend, doing a great job. And you know, it was it was it was a really tough time, if I'm honest, and not something that anyone wants to have to do within their career. Do you know, my brother and I don't actually talk, but because I, of that moment, yeah, because of that moment, and and when wow. I think about it, there's a quote from Jim Collins. It's about you know, get the right people on the bus and and get the wrong people off the bus, and and as he says, that includes family and friends because if you don't if the business is going in a direction and, and and if I'm honest part of the tough period in my career was when I decided to change the brand to LSKD from all the feedback my family didn't agree with me they thought I was fucking crazy they thought I'd gone they'd actually thought I'd gone a bit nuts if Why? I'm honest and I got so much passion I was always trying new things and I think they thought, oh, Jason's just going off track again and he's going to, it's like making life jackets again and it's going to fail. But I'd spend so much time oh, self-reflecting, listening to books, you know, meeting different mentors that have built brands. And, and I was like, okay, cool. This is the right decision. I'm, and I'm not going to go off track again. This is the one decision we're not going to go off track again. And they all kind of thought I'd gone a bit crazy. And, and I was like, no. And a lot of them didn't agree with it. Obviously now it's you know different. That's like oh wow, you've done an amazing job. But that was a really difficult time in my career, and I had to stay really focused. And because I knew that it was the right decision, and it would, you know it all come out. But at the time, it was a it was a touching go. And were you seeing that your your mum and your brother weren't the right people for the business, or did people have to a, point a it bit, out? To a you? bit of both. You know, I think family and business is really hard. It's a really touchy subject for anyone that has family and business. Um, you know, if you've got one leader, you need one person making the decision so it doesn't get distracted within the business. And when you have family in the business they can, or anyone that, you know, that they've been there, sometimes it can be a bit like, well, I'll, no, 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 I want to do that. I want to do that. And it can confuse everybody. I wanted to really clean our brand up in terms of just create one message and, and really direct the brand um, down and one Did you avenue. sort of give them the, a chance to come on that journey? Yeah, yeah. And so was, you were fair from your perspective? I, f I feel like I was fair and it wasn't like it was um, an overnight thing. It'd gone on for a while, uh, if I'm honest. It was, do you know, it's it's a hard thing to share because it was tough. It's hard to say you're proud of it because you're not because it was your family. But I also think we wouldn't be in this position, if I'm honest, if we didn't. And it's not something that I think every founder wants to go through, but I've definitely had to go through that. And, you know, I, I you know, I support them a hundred percent, whatever they're doing. And, and, you know, my, my brother started another brand. Uh, you know, he, he was just working for the brand as a, as a, as a team. It comes down to the question of, is it worth it though? Losing family relationships for the success of a business, you know? I think what we're creating is quite special. So I think it wasn't about losing a family relationship. I think it wasn't, you know, if your family's not ready to develop themselves, if put into a context of, say, if you're both 
on a journey, you, whether it's you've got a business partner or your family members working with you, and one's listening to books and one's developing themselves. One's really trying to develop themselves to learn and they're growing. It's like an athlete, right? And you're on a team sport. <laughs> you know, you, and, and what's interesting, if you're on a team sport and you're playing, you're not playing well, you get cut. You get down to the next grade for the next game, right? So if you're not developing yourself and the other person is developing themselves, that is not one is, one's going to keep growing and one's, and one's not interested in learning or developing to understand the next stages. Sometimes you, you know, you can't help people that don't want to be helped sometimes. You know, that's kind of what I went through within the business where I wanted to start developing myself and learning and realizing a lot of these founders have, they read books, they develop themselves. And then I started realizing that, wow, we've got to do this. So I wouldn't say I ruined the relationship. I have a great relationship with all you know, with my family, um, you know, and, and yes, my brother and I don't talk, but, um, you know, I, it, it's, it's not like it's really bad, yeah. you know. And I'm listen, honest. thanks for sharing that because I know it's yeah. not easy, but as you don't talk to your brother, if he was to listen to this podcast, what yeah. would you, what would you just like to say to him? Oh, I think I would just, you know, I, you know, I hope he succeeds, you know, with what he's doing because I, and I hope he got to learn a lot from our brand. I still see his kids and like, it's not, you know, it's not like bad, bad, right? Like, it's not like, it's not like the Adidas Puma story as everyone probably knows. That's a, it's a bit different. You know, I'm reading that book at the moment about sneaker wars, but you know, it's definitely not that. I think the journey is hard in those senses, you know, that's, that's what everyone, and everyone has their story within their brand or they started or, do you know, their journey was never smooth, I think, but some just don't share it. But for people listening to this that might be sort of interested in setting up their own business and they're thinking, well, I can rely on my brother or I can rely on my family. As somebody that's been through a brutal experience like that, what advice would you pass on to anybody that maybe is thinking of going into business with family members? Make sure you're learning together. So if, if one person starts going to meetings with a different founder or in learning from someone that's achieved a lot or they're listening to a book or they make sure you're doing it together. I mean, we, we, you know, at, at the office, you know, with LSKD, we, we on board with audio books, we pay for our team's audible account. We pay for our team. If they want to go to landmark, we, we have a personal development coach you know, we spend about two and a half thousand dollars per team member on personal development. Cause you know, we essentially want to be a personal development company that sells sportswear. So the advice I could give is make sure you're developing yourselves together on the journey together. But that also goes with your team. You all should be developing yourself and then start sharing within a book club and learning because that's how you constantly grow, whether it's in your career or your personal life. The struggles never stop, actually, regardless no. of the success of your business. Um, we've reached the point for our quick fire questions. I mean, it's been a fascinating story <laughs> of you know highs and lows and really yeah. finding your purpose, finding your why. And I think there's a real value in people listening yeah, I hope to they this. Enjoy it. I hope they finding your why it. is so important. So here's our quick fire questions. The first one is, what are the three non-negotiable behaviours that you and the people around you must buy into? I mean, being positive. Good. Setting goals. And I, I, I think constantly developing yourself to be 1% better. Yeah, great. What's your biggest weakness and what's your greatest strength? I don't have the greatest tenacity, if I'm honest. I can get things done, but I have to surround myself with people that have great tenacity. Uh, my greatest strength would be, I think I'm lucky enough to have a lot of wonder in me. You know, I'm always wondering what's possible in the world and how do we really create something? And then I surround myself with people that have their strengths. So we balance ourselves out as a team. Where were you? Where are you? And where are you going? I think I was on Jason 1.0 and now I'm on Jason 2.0. 
if I can answer it like that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. And where are you going? Jason 3.0. Well, you know, yep. Constant development. The constant development to grow. I mean, we're at that stage now where I'm going uh, in my career is now the brand is growing, you know, globally. So where I was was Jason, you know, 1.0, young, you know, naive, still, you know, still naive and enjoying it, but had no idea. And now Jason 2.0 is learning, growing, understanding, trying to build and create something bigger than ourselves. Jason, I suppose if you say 3.0 is, you know, how do we build something that's global? You know, we have a team in the US now and how do we make sure we balance to create the same cultures within, but that's going to happen globally and, you know, really focus on that. And, and I mean, and, and, you know, Jason wanting, you know, want to be a great dad as well and inspire my kids. What's one thing that people misunderstand or get wrong about you? Uh, someone said to me the other day, how have you done what you do when you, you know, you, cause I do, you know, I do get so excited and I do, you know, and sometimes I can go off track, you know, or, or say things out of context of like we were saying before. And so they're like, wow, does he know what we're doing? Right. But really I'm, I'm actually focused on where we need to go, what we need to do. But I also like to enjoy it because if you're having fun, you learn more and the team is more relaxed to learn more. So really it's, you know, I like to create that environment where when we're under the heat of battle, essentially trying to get something done together, you've got to almost create that enjoyment out of it so they can come up with great ideas and so then we can go and execute it together and get it done as a team. So sometimes it could come across as, is he know what he's talking about maybe? But yeah, yeah. at the same time, I, I, you know, there's, it's not a strategy. I, I just think that you've got to make sure the team is, when the time is to focus, but the time to have fun and make sure we're like creating that balance together to get something done together. Lovely. And the final question, your one final message for the people that have listened to this conversation about your one golden rule to living a high performance life. The big thing is consistency. A journey is tough. I think being a part of something is really important. So consistency and being a part of something uh, whether it's, you know, cause I personally love to be a part of something, which is our mission and, and then making sure you really work on that 1% better every day. Mate, thank you so much for your time. I think thank the, you. I really appreciate the big it. Big takeaway for me from this is that I think people often think, well, I was born with a certain mindset and a certain set of abilities and a certain bunch of values. And that's me, or I've set up or work for a business that has a certain way of operating. And what you've shown us through your story is that actually nothing is fixed. You are the epitome of a growth mindset. You are the epitome Thank you. of a growth brand. And to pivot in the way that you did after 10, 11 years of struggle and have to make big decisions like removing family members from a business and then to define those values and for that to grow your business in the way it has with community at the centre and impacting people's lives at the centre is Hugely inspirational. So, yeah, thank thanks you for taking the really time. Really appreciate on. you for having me on. Damien. Jake. That conversation plays perfectly into something that we talk about so often on high performance. Be clear about where you're going, but be flexible about how you're going to get there. Yeah, definitely. I'd also add another one in that you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. And I think those two principles were right at the heart of Jason's story. And I think anyone that might be listening to this that has aspirations to be an entrepreneur or just follow their own path, there were so many brilliant lessons that he was teaching us. I really love the whole conversation about starting again when you're halfway through. And I just want people to realize that you can be 11 years into a business 
yep. and pivot completely. And I sometimes hear from people and they will send me messages on Instagram or they'll write to me on LinkedIn or whatever. And they'll say, I, I listened to your high performance podcast, but I've been running my own business for six months and it's not taken off. And it's like, right, listen to this conversation with Jason. 11 years in, making no money, sacking his mum and his brother and then completely changing the direction of the business. And now we sit with him and they're you know, preparing to, to go global. You know, they're growing at a huge rate of knots. And I think that for me, these conversations are much more valuable than getting someone on who set up a business, it popped straight away and, and they flew, you know, because yeah. that's easier in so many ways. Whereas this guy's been through the mill to try and get the success that he's now enjoying. Something that really jumps out at me with the idea of almost being the busy fool that for 10 years he's going out there he's like he said he's selling he's trying to get wholesalers to take his product and it didn't sound like he could get any more busier he was almost at full capacity but actually his tanks were running dry because he, yeah. there was no passion behind it so i think that idea of slowing down to speed up again and take that quantum leap that the business has done that's available for any of us to do to sometimes just put our foot on the ball take our foot off the gas, whatever metaphor you want to use. And actually just take a bit of time to say, am I moving in the direction that I want to do? Yeah. And am I de demonstrating the values and behaviors that actually light me up? And I hope that you've still got a, a pad and pen from listening to the conversation with Jason. And if you have still got a pad and pen, please write down the fact that he spoke about going fast, but also going slow. So you go slow in that you focus on one or two things, but on those areas, you go fast. Um, I think it's important that you also write down that you don't have to know everything to begin. I think Jason was really clear of the fact that he knew nothing about the fashion industry, but he started. And the final thing is, you know, please focus on the whole consistency thing. I think that there are so many people, as I mentioned during the podcast, whose daily behaviours don't do justice to the talent and the knowledge and the opportunity they've got. And the worst thing in the world is to get to the end of your days and never know, never know whether that yeah. consistent application would have made the difference. And you know what? You deserve it. We all deserve to say for the next six months or the next 12 months, I'm going to give 100% on a consistent basis and really make sure that my behaviours marry up to my ambitions. Because yeah. you can't allow your ambition to fall by the wayside because your behaviour didn't hit it. You know, what's the phrase? Don't be frustrated by the work, by the results you didn't get for the work that you didn't do. Yeah. Do the work. See what comes of it. Be relentless. Be consistent. Be full of belief. Pivot if you need to. Don't be fixed on your mindset and see what happens in, in the next few months. And I really hope that for a lot of people listening to this, this was, a, you know, a, an episode that will change things for them. Yeah, definitely. And it, it correlates with some really fascinating research that was done by a psychologist called Philippa Lally at the University of London. And one of the things they looked at was how do people eventually change their behaviours to become part of that consistent routine? And the answer was that we get often misled in thinking that, oh, you can do it in 30 days, you can change your behavior and make it a habit. And the reality was, it'll be different for everybody. Mm. That was the takeaway, that there's no time limit on this. So patience, slowing down, being persistent, all the things that you've just said are all the things that are going to help everybody get to where they want to get to as long as they're prepared to embrace them and enjoy the journey. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Jason, for coming on. Yeah, real privilege. I love that. Oh, what a cool conversation. Um, just a quick reminder, you can subscribe to High Performance. Um, if you do, then it means that we can grow the channel. If we can grow the channel, we can attract the most incredible names. If we can attract the most incredible names, 
we can have huge impact for your life. So please just spend a few seconds hitting subscribe right now. You can also do the same on our YouTube channel. Just search High Performance Podcast on YouTube. Watch the episodes there. Subscribe on YouTube as well and keep on coming back for more. We are determined that high performance is something in your life that can make a real tangible positive difference. So stick with us. Be consistent with us. Keep on listening to the episodes. Keep on sharing your learnings and your lessons from high performance. And together we can grow, we can develop, we can do something amazing. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.